Hey, Ro. Hey, Jane. How are you? Hey, Connor. Hey, Ro. Hey, Jane. Uh, so we always say this is always that awkward moment at the start of a podcast where it's like when we have a guest there and me and Ro always do our preamble and uh, we're always like what's the best way to approach this when there's someone there because it's always so awkward when we're talking for five minutes and uh, then we're like oh and by the way there's a third person here yeah uh, I could just go off and make a cup of tea without without these <laughs> oh it's too late now they know you're here Connor they know you're here <laughs> So today, that uh, lovely man's voice, you don't hear a lot of men's voices on our podcast, actually, Rob, you know? That's a nice change. It is a nice change. We need to get yeah. more men on. Um, we're joined by uh, Connor Creighton, the lovely uh, writer, meditator, all-round uh, zen guy, <laughs> uh, who you've been making waves. Pretty, like, I think you've gotten pretty well known over, over lockdown. Um, Connor um, is, well, I guess, Connor, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, well, Zen guy, I think, is just is based purely on my Instagram profile. You should, you should, you should be a passenger when I'm driving. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You should see me in an airport. But yeah, I, I guess um, I've been teaching meditation for about five or six years now, kind of casually at the start, and then more or less um, last year started to teach a little bit more with uh, Al Mazer in his studio space in Dublin, Italia Mazer. And then from there kind of just noticed that there was a demand and then started to do that more. And then it kind of became just, I guess it became what I do, you know, in that, in that sort of sense, it was more or less just a kind of a, then kind of became what I did. And it was, it was sort of something that I always did myself and then just taught casually to friends and then became, this kind of bigger thing um which was i love how the universe sometimes works like that yeah that it, it created a pandemic just for me so i could become an instagram meditation teacher that's how the universe worked there you go i mean look if that's how you want to look at it fair enough <laughs> were you, were you always into meditation like have you always meditated or God, no 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 and i i would i would consider myself as someone who um, was very much the last to the party when it came to those things, you know, very sort of um, quite cynical about spirituality, uh, cynical about most sort of self-help kind of remedies. And and still I'm kind of quite skeptical about an awful lot of spirituality. Um, but um, I, I, I think life, as you said yourself, like uh, Jane earlier, the universe was kind of kind enough to sort of put me into different corners where I was like, shit what can i do and that's kind of when meditation came to me about i'd say seven years ago i started to meditate the first time and how do you go from being cynical about it and skeptical about it to then actually wanting to try it because you know it's one thing um you know i know a lot of people that have been curious about meditation but but you know may not have have you know thought about it before and they'll try it but it's a it's a that's a that's a big 180. How, how did you get introduced to it? Yeah, but uh, I, always, I always like to think that Thich Nhat Hanh, the, the meditation teacher, is a beautiful expression, no struggle, no lotus, right? And it's kind of, a, or sorry, no muck, no lotus. And I, I feel kind of fortunate enough um, to have had enough struggle in life, you know, and enough kind of gone through enough depression, enough anxiety, enough heartbreak that I kind of 
realized, okay, shit, all these conventional paths that I'm moving down to try and bring happiness and some sort of sense of peace into my life are not working. And when you come to that space, um, and I think it's sort of, it's a matter of grace that you come to those spaces too. It can be good fortune. Then um, I was like, okay, what's, what's this meditation thing that people are talking about, you know? And I started off, um, I remember I was, um, I was engaged and my partner and I broke up and the morning she left, I downloaded Headspace. Wow. Okay. And I remember doing the introduction meditation. I think it was like, it was like two minutes where, where Andy, the guy was like, just follow the clouds in the sky. And I kind of, I think I must've done that like 50 times that day, just as a sort of a coping mechanism for those first, first few weeks of coming through that, that period of like kind of breakup and heartache and trying to reconfigure my life. And from then I sort of began to kind of, uh, also open up to a lot of different kind of psychedelic therapies and then became very interested in, in say different plant medicines and things like this and then kind of in a roundabout way through like doing different ceremonies and doing different psychedelic ceremonies and meeting different shamans etc cetera, etc cetera, I then got introduced to this type of meditation called Vipassana and Vipassana is sort of a meditation where you go on a retreat and you spend 10 days more or less meditating for 12 hours every single day. Well, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's wow. It's, it's the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. I both, can imagine. Yeah, both, both physically and then emotionally because you are kind of, you're radically confronted with yourself, with your thoughts, with the kind of shitstorm that's going on in your head. But through that, you're kind of, you're forced to somehow make peace with all that too. You know, it's, it, you're kind of, you're put into a perfect storm where the only way to survive is to somehow just accept. Sure. Can I ask you, you know, just going yeah. back, you know, to that first day when you downloaded Headspace and you say you used it as a coping mechanism. Yeah. What, what did you get from that? You know, what, what was it about it? How did it soothe you? Or, you know, how did it, I guess, help? Well, I, to it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I was experiencing um, kind of panic. I was feeling a lot of panic, a huge amount of anxiety, and was kind of just slowly uh, had kind of given over control to all of my thoughts. And all of my thoughts were just very negative. And what I noticed with the headspace, even doing these two, three minute meditations, is with inside those two or three minutes, I would find one second or two seconds where I was like, oh, I'm actually okay. And that was kind of enough for me to then, um, I guess, buy into it a little bit more and recognize, actually, hold on, this is a method, there's a path here. If, if by doing this for three minutes, I get one or two seconds of peace, then maybe I'll just keep on doing it and keep on doing it. And that was pretty much my first introduction to meditation. That's a lovely way of putting it because, you know, one of the questions we asked our listeners uh, during the week was, um, you know, well, one, do you meditate? And, and two, if you don't, why not? And 
an overwhelming majority said that they they didn't because they weren't any good at it um <laughs> which is very interesting to hear you say that in the space of maybe two minutes you might have only had a couple of seconds where you really connected with that part of yourself which which okay. just you know i think that's a really nice way to put it because i think a lot of people think that if they're not completely uh zen and focused for for five ten fifteen minutes or whatever then that then they're failing but really yeah. practice is just being able to bring yourself back even for a second yeah totally jane i, th I think as well uh it's like I think most people assume that, that exactly what you're saying, that meditation is this beautiful, calm thing, when it's not. I mean, it's, it's mostly you're just thinking. You sit there and you think. And then maybe once or twice in a five or ten minute period, you remember, oh, I shouldn't be thinking. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's that point. It's that point where you kind of you snap out of thought. That is the huge transformative moment of meditation. And so even like, as I say to people, like if you sit down and you meditate for an hour and 59 minutes and 30 seconds of that is you like deep in your thoughts. And then the final 30 seconds you go, oh, I should be meditating. Then already that in itself um, is enough to create like some fantastic uh, neural transformations in your brain. That's mind blowing to me because literally the reason, so me and Jane are kind of different in our meditation journeys. I used to yeah. meditate and, and my, like my mom would be very much into transcendental meditation, I think it's called. Mm. So I kind of grew up yeah. with meditation in the house um, and I would have done it a bit growing up. Um, and then in recent years, I mean, I've just completely fallen out of the habit. I have headspace, I do it every now and again, but definitely not in the habit of doing it. But I guess as my life has gotten busier, it's just that feeling of like, I'm doing it wrong. I'm literally just, as you say, like 59 minutes of me thinking. And then I think, oh, that was pointless. I've, I'm doing it wrong. I can't calm my thoughts. But I definitely do calm my thoughts for a few minutes of it. I just never thought that that would be beneficial. Do you know what I mean? So it's nice to hear that we shouldn't expect ourselves to be able to switch off for a full hour the first few times we meditate. Yeah, totally. And I would, I would even add to that, Roisin, like if you want to say like a right and wrong about it, I think the wrong thing is expecting. You know, like meditation or at least mindfulness as that's taught is all about kind of just being okay with whatever there is. So if you close your eyes and your mind is like an absolute clusterfuck of worry and fear and stress, and you can be okay with that. What that does is it kind of, it then um, transposes onto your life. And as you go through your life and as you go through difficulties, which is inevitable because life is naturally difficult, and you can be okay with those difficulties, then that's kind of how meditation begins to sort of transform the rest of your life. life. And just kind of, that's how you integrate it um, into a kind of a complete, um, I guess a maturing and waking up sort of process. And if somebody literally wanted to, has never meditated before in their life, like what is the best way to start? Like what would you recommend they do? Um, well, I mean, I, I would love to teach them myself. <laughs> if, they, if they're ever curious, they can come and do a course with me. But there's also, I would say, there's lots of apps and a lot of the apps are free. Like there's stuff like 10% um, Happier, I think is very good. Waking up is good. A headspace is also good. Calm is good. So I would just download the apps and just really experiment with loads of different styles of meditation and just, just check them out and see what they are. Like do guided meditations, do binaural meditations, do sound baths, do all these different things and just see if one of them kind of speaks to you. 
Would you be able to explain the different types actually? I, like, cause I'm not myself, I'm not clear on the, on the differences uh, between the different types of meditation. So I'd love to know a little bit more about, about what they are involved. Yeah, well, there's, um, I mean, the, the classic meditation that I would sort of teach is, is sort of mindfulness where you kind of, you use the breath and you just, you follow the breath and the breath kind of functions as a little bit of an anchor. And what that does when you're following the breath is it allows you to kind of observe your thoughts rather than think your thoughts. And that's the big kind of transformational thing with that. With some of the kind of the more mantra-based meditations, the stuff that you're doing, Roshi, the TM stuff, it, it kind of, um, it brings your mind to a point of concentration where you're, you're, you're focused and you're repeated on this phrase. And in that sort of form of, in that state of concentration, you kind of, you feel a certain amount of bliss and you, you feel a kind of a calm. Um, and, and then with sort of, I think with a lot of the other stuff, like kind of with what you would have, say, more like um, meditation that kind of has music in the background and stuff like this, like they're all just different ways of trying to capture this really elusive thing, which is your attention and and training you to sort of focus your attention on one thing i think uh you're dead right in saying you know try try everything and see what works because mm. you know in, in my experience what i found is you know over the years i've tried a lot of different types of meditations and uh i have the type of mind where i need to be kind of told what to do in the beginning mm -hmm. i need direction uh otherwise i'm i'm left you know my mind is very very busy so i find um i actually i found some really nice deepak chopra meditations he has a youtube channel um which are very very uh you know full of specific direction um and it leads me to kind of it kind of brings me to that place of focus so what i will say to anyone listening um like i didn't like headspace for instance i, I did for a few months and then i got poor andy sorry but i i got a bit tired of his voice mm -hmm. um and then i tried calm and i thought calm was really good and then i just explored with you know singing bowls on youtube even uh so what i will say to anyone is try everything like don't don't give up and don't think that it's not for you if one thing doesn't work for you yeah i would 100 percent agree with that i th i think there's there's so many flavors out there and there's so many ways if, if you kind of look at them all as different keys to unlock your specific door and and i know me like kind of as as a very cynical person as a very skeptical person you know so many of these different meditation styles were just too far in the woo-woo direction for me <laughs> and i really required some very kind of practical pragmatic almost kind of macho scientific kind of dude teachers at the start to kind of get me in but now i'm kind of I'm sold. I've swallowed the red pill. I can I can listen to Deepak Chopra and all that stuff. So, <laughs> how do you go from I guess the so the 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 moment where you, I guess you're on the floor with anxiety and you are listening to the, the multiple multiple uh, headspace uh, meditations and obviously then you, your journey began. How did the moment come where you decided to turn it like to, to to be a teacher of it? Like that's such a huge jump. Like how did that come to you? But to be honest, just, you know, it's, um, it's, I think there's a lovely, there's a lovely thing that we have as us humans, where we, um, when we discover something good, we want to share it. Um, I think that's a beautiful trait in our species. 
And I know that kind of after the first time I did a couple of retreats and I went off to India and I lived with monks in the north of India and, you know, considering shaving my head, you know, and, and becoming a monk and all this. And I remember coming back and I, I was kind of annoyingly preachy. You know what I mean? I was very much like no, meditation is the only thing. No, you don't need chemotherapy. You need to do this. You don't know what I'm, no, no, no. I was, I was kind of, I was, I was that. I was that annoying post-India character. So I I think initially there was a certain element of like, God, like this has really changed my life. I want to change other people's lives. And um, I also feel lucky enough that I kind of got humbled a couple of times in my first experiences of teaching meditation where I kind of recognized, hmm, maybe you kind of, you know that classic thing where a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing. And I, I kind of recognized that I had still a lot more work to do in myself. So um, didn't really go with the teaching thing, guns blazing. Um, but, but then slowly just got asked more and more to do it. Hmm. And um, then it was really just the encouragement of other people. I think otherwise I might have just, I might not have done it. Hmm. Um, but it was just constantly getting really nice feedback and just being asked by people. And then it got to a point where I was like, oh, uh, I suppose this is, this will be what I'll do now. And Connor, how, sorry, I'm just so fascinated by this. How did then that change your practice? Having, you know, kind of become a teacher and be meditating with other people. Cause I mean, I think one of the most powerful things about, um, what you were doing over lockdown. So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Connor was doing Instagram live morning meditations, which were um, really great. And what I found so powerful about them was, uh, you know, meditating as a group, which I think a lot of people don't get an opportunity to do unless they go to a retreat or a course or whatever. How did that in turn change your practice and make you feel to be meditating with, with groups of people? It was so invigorating. And I felt so honored to be able to do it. There wasn't a day, like I remember the lockdown and being kind of uh, on my own and being quite kind of, just having periods of loneliness, you know, and and periods of kind of sadness and even little like moments of kind of depression and so on and so forth. And um, just sort of thinking through it all, like how grateful I was to be able to do this, how grateful I was to be of some kind of use in that time and to feel like I kind of, I mean, it's, it's you know, I think so few of us get to kind of recognize our purpose in life. And um, it's in those brief moments and, and, and still now when I teach, I kind of get this sense of like, this is what I was born to do. And, um, that's, I mean, what, what that kind of, that feeling um, really helps to, I think, build your resilience and just build your, your gratitude. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's super to, powerful. It's amazing to have that sense of purpose, like something that we've spoken about in the podcast or we've, you know, our listeners may have told us as well that, you know, it's not, it's not common to be able to have that really strong sense of purpose in life. I think we all think we should have it. Like what, like, what am I here for? What am I here to do? But I think it's, it's, it's actually what seems to me is it's quite rare to have that calling like that, that you're talking about and that really clear sense of purpose. And I know I'm sure it comes to people at very different stages of life and um, it's not, you know, it's not, not the same for everyone, obviously, but I think 
it's amazing that you have that. And I think a lot of people listening will be like, so jealous. I want a purpose. And of course we all have one. I think it just takes some of us longer. Uh, I, just, than I don't know, Ro. I disagree. I don't think, I don't think we all have one. I, I think some of us are just useless, you know, no, I'm messing with <laughs> Yeah, I just think so. Yeah, no, I, like, it's funny because, you know, I had the exact same thing, like, and me and Ro talk about it a lot of like, what, what is my purpose? How can I be fulfilled? What do I need to be doing to be fulfilled? And uh, I've been going to my therapist for six years. She's amazing. And, and she kind of introduced me to meditation. And well, she's what you'd, what you'd call herself a, a buffet Buddhist. So she, you know, <laughs> would kind of include a lot of um, meditations and, and mindfulness practices as, as a part of our work together. Um, but I remember I went into one therapy session one week and I was just like, like, I just, what is, I feel like I should be doing something and I'm not doing it. Like, what, what is my reason for being here? What, what am I going to do? What do I need in my life to be fulfilled? And I remember she said to me, what if you could get fulfillment from your life right now? What if you don't need anything external? What if it's all from inside? And I was looking at her like, ah, fuck off. Like, no, you're not playing that game. Like, you know, and I just couldn't comprehend it. I just couldn't. I was like, how could I get that fulfillment internally? I need the things externally to, you know, just couldn't mm-hmm. get it. And then I started meditating and, um, the more and more I meditated the, and, you know, practice gratitude, um, the happier I am. Like I, I'm happier with my life. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't need anything else. And it reminds me of, uh, uh, has anyone seen soul? Have you seen the new Pixar? Okay. Movie? I've heard it's, no. it's, it's so beautiful as Pixar movies are. It'll make you cry, you know, the usual, but, um, it, the whole thing is just based around this. It's a soul looking for its purpose in life. But at the end, spoiler alert you find out that actually oh i don't know i blocked my ears (laughs) no it's not it's not it's not an ending but basically the moral of the story is life isn't what your life's purpose is life is uh you know looking at the leaves fall off the trees and a slice of pizza and you know these little things make up life anyway i'm not going off on a tangent but i i second uh row i think it's it's uh incredible that that you have found that because because a lot of people haven't and uh, that's amazing but don't you guys think i mean right like like what you do here you create a podcast and um i'm i'm sure this podcast hasn't made you rich no (laughs) not not yet but uh, but uh, but i hope it will but you know it's sort of what you're doing in many ways is a service for people you know you're, you're kind of you are uh, bringing on guests and you're having conversations that are of enormous benefit for other people. So in, in many ways, what you're doing is you're serving other people. Mm. And whenever I, whenever I have kind of clients or people come to me and they talk about kind of purpose and things like this, and I go, well, if you want to try and find your purpose, look at the, look at your community around you and look at who might need you. Mm. Look like even within your family, your extended friends and so on and so forth. Who could benefit from your attention, from your love? And I think when you begin to kind of look at those things, your sense of purpose is definitely um, connected to how you can serve others and how you can recognize our interconnectedness and our interdependence and how you can kind of open your heart a little bit more to other people. That's a lovely way of of looking at it, a really nice way of approaching it. And, and I think something interesting is, isn't it interesting how a lot of the time it's from a negative or a point in our lives when we've been really down that 
sometimes a sense of purpose comes out of that. So as you mentioned, you know, the breaking up of your engagement was how really this whole journey for you seemed to have started. And even then the lockdown where we all had, we're, we're suffering with anxiety or depression or, or just, mm. just feeling a bit low. And that's when you started your Instagram lives. And then that reached a lot of people. Um, so it's interesting, isn't it? That sometimes from our darkest moments comes th- that, that sense of purpose as well. Like, um, so that, that's, I guess, a comfort, yeah. something nice coming out of I, crap. I definitely believe that uh, people who've been hurt have an awful lot to offer other people, for sure. Exactly. And we've all been hurt. You know what I mean? This is kind of, it's, this is also just sort of one of the kind of the, the it, it comes standard with all human lives is a certain amount of trauma and a certain amount of kind of like bruising. And I think kind of our purpose is very much to kind of heal our wounds. And then when we've found pathways to heal these wounds, to help others heal theirs. And I think that's the simplest way to find a purpose in life. That's beautiful. And on to how do we help other people? I actually have some questions from some of our listeners, just just kind mm. of general um, about their their practice and, you know, tips and struggles they're having with meditation so if uh you could shed light on any of these would be amazing i'll do my best so um elaine says can you meditate while actively doing something e.g walking housework um i well you can be you can certainly be mindful when you're doing those things i think you can but I, i to be honest with you the way i look on it is like meditation is a little bit like um, exercising in the gym and then what that gives you is a kind of a fitness then for the world mm-hmm. you know you exercise in the gym and then suddenly you realize oh wow I can run upstairs or I can carry lots of things so I think when when you're doing like a seated meditation it's a little bit like a workout and then that allows you to then when you're washing the dishes or when you're driving your car to kind of bring this sort of calmness and mindfulness to those activities um but i think without the meditation in the first place that doesn't come so i would sort of say like just make your meditation be your meditation don't say oh i don't i don't meditate i jog that's kind of bullshit you know just do your meditation and then and then bring that kind of quality that you've developed from meditation to every other aspect of your life so basically, you can't phone it in. You have to do the practice. It's called practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> yeah, no fair. Well, I mean, that leads us on to the next question. Um, how much meditation is enough? Um, well, I think if you're starting, uh, uh, what feels kind of, I, I think you kind of have to approach meditation and definitely like recognize that meditation is sort of, yes, it's the art of developing this sort of capacity to understand your thoughts but it's also the beginning of your relationship with kindness and self-love so um i think you can kind of look on how much meditation you're doing uh through the spectrum of how kind you're being to yourself like if you're only sort of meditating for two minutes every day you maybe you could ask yourself like why can i only allocate two minutes of my day to this to this little piece of mental hygiene do you know what i mean like what is what is going on with me with my balance here that i can only allocate two minutes to this um i I, at the same at the other end of it if you're kind of making yourself say no i'm going to meditate for two hours every day i have to do this 
then maybe you kind of begin to question like is this sort of some form of masochism here or <laughs> yeah. so it, i think it's all about kind of recognizing how kind am i being to myself and what would be a kind amount but to give a, a, a less abstract answer i think between 10 and 20 minutes a day is a solid amount of meditation to be doing at a beginner and intermediate stage cool yeah i mean you're dead right that's i really liked how you put that because recently i got one of those timers on my phone that tells me how long i've spent on each app and mm. it locks me out of certain apps when i go over my limit um because i had a shock and saw that one day last week now i was on a day off from work and i was just chilling out i i was on my phone for five hours five to six hours and i was thinking i can never ever again say that i do not have time to go for a walk or do uh 20 minutes meditation you know so i think as well like if you're struggling to find the time get one of those timers on your phone and you will get a shock to your system when you see how long you spend on your phone <laughs> like scrolling and maybe half that and spend the other half meditating um mad um and and then another question actually that kind of ties in with this how how do you stay motivated to meditate every day um she says i always do it for a few days um and then forget for the rest of the month um i i think a good thing is not to do it every day okay i i think like again like yes do it every day if you can but don't kind of look on it i think the, the the reason that so many people trail off meditation is that they set up this idea in their head that if they're not doing it every single day like uh, they're not meditating so um and so you'll have people and they'll, they'll meditate for five days they'll miss two days and then they'll just go oh i can't start again now i've broken my streak you know so um i would kind of i think a good way to stay motivated is first off to take some of the pressure off yourself and then at another level just become like a real meditation nerd you know what i mean like like read books like what like listen to podcasts about meditation you know like watch when you're on youtube and you're goofing around like go see what like all the great teachers have to say about meditation and the breath and that gets you really psyched for meditation when you're listening to someone like alan watts or jack cornfield or people like this and they're talking about like the transformative breakthroughs that happen and the experience they have. You're like, holy fuck, <laughs> I've, got, okay. I've got to sit down and do this again. This is wild. So maybe that can help. So education, that, that's, a, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, is there a preferable time of the day to meditate? They always say that um, the most... Um, What's the term? They say like the most spiritual time of the day is before the sun rises. <laughs> the oh, damn it. I was hoping <laughs> to say so that. The best time is at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. is the best time. No, no, no. But I think um, the way I always look on it is like, so we're in a little bit of a kind of a race against our thoughts. So, you know, when you wake up in the morning, and I know this from like my own head and from having students that our first thoughts are always like planning, worry. Uh, judgments and things like this and these thoughts none of them make us feel very good and if we kind of give in to those thoughts already in the morning if we kind of listen to them and let them take over then we spend the whole day playing catch-up so what I think is like meditation is this beautiful circuit breaker so if it, you can do it first thing in the morning 
before these thoughts have started to kind of like yank you in every direction and torture you. So if you can do it like first thing in the morning, even before you get out of bed, then it helps to kind of introduce a new sort of level of perspective to your day where when your thoughts are arriving, you can go, oh, well, hold on a second. That's not true. Or no, oh, no, I don't have to think that about myself. Mm. And, and I think with this kind of, uh, the earlier you can do it, the more damage it prevents. Okay. Interesting. Mm. It's funny because, you know, I always find um, when I wake up in the morning, I'm always worried that I'm too sleepy and I'll fall back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to sit up and you know it's it's tricky but I guess you know what it's easier now um in winter to do it before the sun rises yeah true <laughs> and do you ever have a day Connor that you are just like back this I don't want to do it <laughs> or maybe you're not allowed to say if you're a teacher but like these um, moments of not being bothered to do it it's not so much that I don't want to do it, but there's days where I'm just um you know I'll sit down and I'll go like oh I'm going to meditate for half an hour and after five minutes I'm looking at my phone. You know, there's, yeah. there's days like this, or, the, or, or there's days where I'm kind of, um, something else will happen and I just won't meditate that day. But that's also sort of something that I try and play with, this idea of like, um, can I also sort of just be kind of in this place of open-heartedness and awareness and also kind of miss meditation every so often? yeah I think it's important to let yourself off the hook as well I think the second that it becomes this big chore in your life that you don't want to do I think um it's not good I mean I think finding the balance sometimes look let's be real sometimes you do just have to make yourself do it Mm -hmm. um, if you know you need it uh but but to not yeah I guess recognize what I do anyway when I'm feeling like I don't want to do it is is every now and then after I meditate I'll write down the reasons um, why I meditate afterwards and how I felt after the meditation. Um, and whenever I feel like I don't want to do it, I'll look at these notes in my phone and it's a reminder. Oh yeah, I feel this way actually when I, when I, when I come out of it. So maybe I should do it. It's just kind of reaffirming. That's what I do. Yeah. Sometimes, I, it, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I think that's great. Jen. I think another thing to do is to just meditate for other people. So I, I for example, know that like if I'm, if I'm going to call my dad, who, who can still kind of trigger me every so often, you know, I'll, I'll meditate before I get on the phone to him. Hmm. And then I know that I'll go through the phone call and I'll be in a much nicer position. Or, you know, like if, if things have kind of been like rocky with different friends or so on and so forth, they'll kind of like, OK, I'm going to meditate now before I meet this person for them, because this will this will bring me into a nicer place, a place of more kind of. Uh, emotional regulation and clarity and compassion and maybe that can be a motivator too. do it for other people not just for yourself absolutely yeah. that's a, that's a a very very nice sorry were we saying something there sorry yeah that's a really nice way of looking at it i've never even <laughs> to me do it for other people not yourself it's very <laughs> similar well not that point but in general just what you guys talking about getting the motivation so similar to like doing a workout I feel like it's that I don't want to do it I know I feel amazing after I do it though um so just trying to figure out how you trying to understand how you're gonna feel afterwards um it was important for me like I, I know this probably sounds it's, it's it's mad but 
the times when I'm most stressed or anxious, I find it the most difficult to do the things that I know are going to calm me down, like the things that are hard to do. So not like just watching telly or whatever, but like doing a meditation, going to therapy. When you're in that really heightened sense of anxiety, I think it can be really hard to do the thing that you know is you know like meditate whereas sometimes when I'm feeling okay and good I'm like I'll meditate today you know I'll feel better but um I just think at some at some point you can be in such a heightened sense of anxiety it can actually be really tricky to even sit down and do it um so that's something to note as well I don't obviously I don't know what the best thing to do there is like if someone is in a really 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 anxious period like what would you recommend they, they do with meditation would just be start start small and kind of be kind to yourself in that way I, I think when you're like very anxious and you feel incredibly agitated in the body, I think it can be really, and this is what I would do as well, is I would do something physical before you meditate. Yeah. Like, like, like do a kind of a, do a workout, you know, like do like a, I don't know, like a 10 minute ab workout or something that just completely destroys you. Yeah. Or one of these high intensity online things, or, or even just dance, like dance really frantically for like 10 minutes. <laughs> And, and shake it out of your body to the point where um, you are then able to sit down. I mean, this is also why yoga kind of features so heavily in, in tandem with meditation, because yoga is a way of kind of um, bringing the body into a place where it will no longer disturb the mind. And, and if you think of it like that, like anxiety and stuff, it's very physical. So like, just go sprint, go run. Um, go do like 50 press-ups <laughs> in my case it would just be 10 that would work <laughs> yeah get the energy that all that pent-up energy out before you're going to sit down and yeah totally good. yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, i also think as well like um i find that it is incredibly difficult when you're in that state to sit down and do it but i think that's why it's important that you should build up a practice outside of the times you feel like that so when you do get in that space, you are more equipped to, to to kind of get yourself down on the cushion. You know what I mean? Like, I think I definitely struggle if if I was feeling really, really anxious and I'd never meditated before. I think I would really struggle sitting down and without having any experience or anything, you know, and actually, um, I don't think it'd be very successful. But yeah, yeah, I guess that's why important that outside of the times you feel like that, that's that's where you're doing, that's where the work will show. This is this is also where I think it's really useful to do it with other people. You know what I mean? To like like I have a I have a Monday night meditation club. It's called the the Oh Shit It's Monday Club. Yeah. And, um, and we all meet online at, at seven o'clock. And beginners come there all the time. And it's just a place to kind of be to meditate together and then we chat about meditation and you get to see like other people going like yeah that was a really hard meditation for me and i think that's very encouraging that you recognize like oh i'm not the only crazy one here we're all kind of a little bit crazy and so this is difficult for all of us and connor where can people uh find the link to that uh on my instagram um there's a link to the page and um also on my website which is called meditating with connor but i think my instagram is probably a better link because then i sort of i update um i mean the class happens every monday but every i think once around christmas i dropped out so um i would announce that on instagram that's good going though and i will say we did get one message in saying um just did one of his courses well did one of his courses this time last year and it was incredible love heart love heart um so Thanks, I mom 
<laughs> no, I will say, you know, um, Connor, you 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 talk about meditation and and you teach it in a way that is really really accessible. Um, mm. I, I think that that's so important as well because, um, you know, it can be quite intimidating. Like all these, you know, if you go on, even if you go on YouTube, like there's an awful lot of wanky uh instructors out there there is though and and almost yeah. comes across as holier than thou or you know it's it's tricky to get to get into it so i have to say well done on kind of the space you created on your instagram um over lockdown in particular and anyone who is interested in in learning more about connor or uh jumping onto that um monday night class absolutely do it like i think that's a great first step in starting meditating yeah yeah thank you <clears throat> sorry just I, the emotion took over me and i lost my voice <laughs> no no but i i kind of the way i look on it is i sort of i know that i like missed the boat for so many years and i was the most miserable 20 year old and you know kind of screwed up loads of beautiful things in my life before i finally kind of somehow came to meditation so i think what i try and do is i try and be the teacher who might have actually reached me at that age because none of the other people were that's amazing well i mean i think i think that's all i have like that's kind of uh incredible i think that was super informative and yeah so much for chatting to us really that's um lots of food for thought i'm gonna go meditate now i think and connor if somebody wanted to do your one-on-one -on -one, how does that work so what I do is I, I, I've set up this kind of, a, it's a 21 day course that I do. And so I, I meet people, I'll meet you like online and that's how it is, like four times over those 21 days. And we go from kind of say zero or little meditation experience to getting you to a place after three weeks where you know the tools on how to meditate. But also kind of, we look at like, because meditation is just this wonderful device for exploring what you're doing. And so you can begin through this, like we begin to see like your habits. We begin to see like kind of how these different thoughts have brought you to this place in your life. And once you start to meditate and recognize, holy fuck, I don't need to believe all these thoughts. I can actually make up my own life and my own future. It kind of leaves you with this, this wonderful opportunity. And I think this is, this is definitely like the gift of meditation is that you get to kind of, imagine the life that you want rather than feel resigned to um, leading a life that is dictated by negative thoughts that have been kind of torturing you since you were a child. That's my sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So if, if someone, if someone wants to get in touch with you, Instagram is the best, the best place, is it? Yeah. Or, or my website, meditating with Connor, uh, meditatingwithconnor.com, And you can reach out to me there or Instagram. Lovely. Well, even like your voice just talking to us here. I mean, I feel like I've been through meditation. I don't know about you, Jane. Your voice is so <laughs> calming. I'm like very chill right now. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's just on brand, Connor. Really, in real life, are you a bit erratic? And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask my girlfriend. <laughs> you should get her on next week and you'll get the real deal. <laughs> Behind the scenes. Yeah, exactly. You should tell you all about the madness. Amazing. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks so much, Connor. I hope yeah, you have a lovely you. rest of your week. Will do. And thanks so much for having us on. And sorry about all the little internet problems on my end. But uh, look, it's to be expected. We live in a, a Zoom world now. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, thanks a million, Connor. That was great.
Lovely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jane. Thanks, Thanks Rob. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.